Hey, hello everyone and welcome to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty. Hope everyone is doing well. I'm very, very excited for this episode because I have a first time guest. Uh, this has yeah, been yeah. a long time in the making. My guy, Kyle Norris. Kyle, how you doing? Yo, 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 what up, bro? How you living? Man, I'm living good. I'm living my best life, watching NBA games and recording podcasts in between. We uh... hell yeah, bro. I mean, I just fucking lost some money on the Celtics, so I'm I'm a little vexed out about that. <laughs> but other than that, I'm doing the same shit, man. Watching basketball, recording podcasts. Okay. Go Rockets right now. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm at too. That's exactly where I'm at, man. Um, so for context, this is uh this is games four of both Milwaukee and Boston. We're recording in between. Uh, Golden State, Houston just started. You got the game on behind you, right? I do absolutely. It's a What's four point game. Rockets are down four right now. Okay, twenty four twenty. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so yeah. I might have to hit you for an update on that because I don't, I don't got it next to me at the moment. If, <laughs> if I let out a random fuck or shit, just know the Rockets are getting shitted on, and, and <laughs> Steph Curry, Steph Curry started playing better than I expected. All right, man. All right, so uh, we are here to review Schoolboy Q, and what better time to review his new album, Crash Talk? Than him doing seven interviews this week, shitting on reviews, saying that he doesn't give a fuck about album reviews anymore. <laughs> so, so what better time to review his music? Um, truth be told, I wanted to review 2016's LP Blank Face, but um, I, I had a guest lined up for it, and then that fell through. And then by the, by the time it fell through, it was kind of too late. People kind of already moved on to the next thing, so... Um, so I felt like I owed him this one. I owed him this re- yeah. this review. So let's give Schoolboy Q his first album review on the channel, which it seems crazy how long this podcast has been going and how and uh, how much I love Schoolboy Q. But let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, Schoolboy takes his time on his albums. You yeah, know what I mean, how long, if you've been doing this podcast for three years, that's two projects you missed out. You missed out <laughs> on Blank Face. You still should have reviewed Blank Face, man. That's a fucking classic. The thing about Blank Face and reviewing an album that good is I would just feel like I'm nut-hugging the whole time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had absolutely nothing bad to say about Blank Face. Like, I can't, like, uh, maybe it missed, there wasn't enough commercial hits on it or something like that, which isn't really a knock. You know what I mean? Like, I, can, I, I don't know about you, but Blank Face is my shit. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, bl- I'm Blank Face over Oxymoron, uh, all day so me me too actually and and we'll kind of and we'll kind of talk about that when we get to initial expectations but first let me give some background in case there's anybody who doesn't know who schoolboy q is uh so he signed a tde in 2009 if you don't know schoolboy q man (laughs) come on bro (laughs) good no 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 that that's very that's a very fair point smack yourself in the face if you don't know schoolboy q at this point exactly uh but in 2009 he he uh signed a tde but he had been running with the camp a few years before that he was one of kendrick's hype men for concerts and uh he started dropping mixtapes in 2008 then released a couple of albums 2011 2012 uh setbacks and habits and contradictions before setting up his 2014 breakout album oxymoron which was my introduction to q that was supported by tde and interscope making it his major label album debut which put him on the map for his energetic charismatic gritty gangster music the album landed number one on billboard had multiple charting singles like collard greens man of the year break the bank studio hell of a night um just a just a really really uh defining hit. album for him yes and and a, just a hit it's exactly uh, two years later, he delivers Blank Face, which doesn't have the commercial success of Oxymoron, but is his most critically acclaimed album. So to talk about what you, what you just spoke on, 
was that uh, was that Blank Face was just well received more, even though it didn't do the numbers that Oxymoron did critically. It was it was received uh, it was received better than Oxymoron, which is interesting, and which is why Schoolboy Q. I don't know if you caught his interviews, but he talked about saying he doesn't care about album reviews anymore because Oxymoron sold more, but then everybody said Blank Face was better, and Blank Face sold less than Oxymoron. So then he's like. Fuck the critics at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I feel them. Fuck yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares about <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares about this? Who cares about this? Uh, near, <laughs> now we're three years after Silence. Um, ex- we have minimal features from Q over this three-year period from 2016 to 2019. Now he's returned with Crash Talk, which has the star-studded track list features from YG. Travis Scott, Ty Dolla Sign, Twenty One Savage, Kid Cudi, Lil Baby, Black, and production from DJ Dahi, G Coop, Jake One, DJ Fu, Soundwave, Ill Mind, The Legend, Cardo, Boy Wonder, and uh, and and it's been it's been doing pretty well commercially. Seventy eight thousand first week sales, twenty thousand of those are pure, and uh, no official word yet on where his ranking is, but he will be top five in the Billboard. So. Let's right. talk about this, Kyle. You kind of you kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier um, about your love for Blank Face, and I share that mutual love for Blank Face. So, coming into this album, what was your initial expectation? Okay, so I didn't know this is a a turning point for Q because he mm-hmm. gave us the groundwork with habits and setbacks, and he gave us the commercial smash with Oxymoron, and he gave us the cult classic with Blank Face. So he's kind of covered all areas. So it's like, what kind of artist are you going to be? Are you going to be the dude that is trying to satisfy the critics? Like he said he could. He said he could make a blank face anytime he wants. Like if I don't know if you've been paying full attention to his press cycle. It sounds like you have. Yeah. He's trying to say that, hey, if I wanted to cater to those people, like like me and you, that are going to be super critical about like the artistic angle of everything like that, he could nail that out the park every time if he wants to. And he, if he wanted to make the commercial banger like Oxymoron is – he could do that too. So I think that this is a big turning point in him deciding what kind of artist he wants to be moving forward. It's only his third studio album. So he still has a legacy to cement, you know, like as one of like, he's kind of in that second tier of like, could he be one of the greatest rappers of our generation? Could he be kind of an afterthought? And I think that this album was really important for his legacy and his trajectory. So as a fan of him, I was apprehensive about it. I was a little worried um, I'm just going to jump right into it when I heard Chopsticks, mm-hmm. to be honest, because I was like, and I hate to be the guy that like says it took three years to make this, but when you do when you do take three years to make something and you are someone as calculated as Q, I expect more. Like if you were to bounce right back from Blank Face and drop Chopsticks, I'd be like, all right, he's just building on the momentum and all that, but... This is this is a long a long time in the making. A lot a lot of shit build up. So I was expecting a lot, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna be the dude that lies about saying, "Hey, I went in with blank expectations." Like that's just unrealistic. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean? <laughs> you know I, I'm glad you brought I'm glad you brought that up because I actually am feeling the same way. It's the same way you felt. I'll, I'll use a different word. I was I was like you, a Q fan. I'm nervous coming into this album because uh, Chopsticks was just it just it to me it's just it's not terrible but it's just not it it just it didn't work for what it was trying to be 
and right. that was and that was my whole problem with Chopstick. So I'm feeling like okay with Chopstick, I feel like he's coming for that commercial sound. I feel and and mm-hmm. you know to kind of talk about what you you put it so beautifully when you talked about just how he covered all aspects and what cue were we gonna get. And this could be like a defining, cementing moment for his legacy. And I right. echo all those sentiments. So I, like you, was very, was very, very kind of apprehensive and nervous to to jump into this after after hearing Chopstick. What did you feel about uh, Num Num Juice though? When that because that was the first right. one he dropped before. Right, right. I Chopstick. jumped into I jumped into Chopsticks because yeah. um, I was I was hype off Num Num Juice when the snippet dropped. Did you hear the snippet yeah. before the song? Yes. When you two door coupe hopping out like Jack in the Box. Like when I heard that drop on Twitter, I was like, Oh, Q's fucking coming. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just the studio clip. And then the song comes. I'm like, all right, it's cool. He's rapping like the pat, like 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 the way he's doing the patterns and shit. It's like, okay, this is just him reminding everyone that he could rap, yeah, and and rap his ass off and say tough shit. And I was like, I was like, okay, I get the point of this single. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. just like, okay, I've been gone for a while. Here's me. Here's me displaying my skill set. You know what I mean? But I was yeah. like, this means he needs to come with a, a memorable replay value banger after that. Because yeah. I think that he would have been cool. This is this is the importance of rollouts, right? And this is a point I wanted to make. Do you remember the rollout for Blank Face? Um, I'm trying to remember. I know he had the the whole like the whole Donald Trump thing. Um, with, with no, no, the, with no, the not the even just the, not even just the marketing. I'm talking about the short films, the videos that he dropped, the singles. Like, do you remember? Like, the short film came oh, out yeah. before the album. Right. Yeah. So yeah, okay. we, we had the complete direction of the album. We had this sentiment, this artistic angle. So like I'm already so I'm hype hype for Blank mm-hmm. Face before it even comes out. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm I already have a pretty good idea of what I'm about to get myself into. The whole like, you know, the whole perspective of this duality of the gangbanger and you know, living with the regret and all like all like all the um the sentiments that he was trying to get across were clear. I didn't get any direction out of this rollout. That yeah. would be t- uh, the direction was uh, between Num Num Juice and Chopstick was okay. Commercial success, okay. Um, Travis Scott's my buddy. Okay, I'm, he's he's making jokes about J Cole and the um, streaming bots. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it. So I'm like yeah. I'm like Q. Like, are you trying to just say that this is straight up for money at this point? Yeah, you know, what I mean? like his rollout was almost like, okay, I'm mailing this one in. Like yeah, kind of, that was kind of his sentiment on the, and I'm not, and I'm not about to shit on this album, but I'm shitting on the rollout for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know he, he, he did not set it up well at all. Yeah, you know, you know, to kind of further that, uh, that was another thing that I that I should have mentioned when we talked about chopsticks was, um, you kind of got my brain going with this, and now I remember, remember how chopstick was rolled out, so it had, um. He performed it on Fallon with Fallon. Num Num Juice. Yeah. yeah. He performed it on Fallon and he left the Travis vocals on it. And then, so then everybody knew that Travis was on the song, but number one, Travis wasn't there. And mm-hmm. so it was just kind of like this awkward thing. I think either, either one, they had, they had a plan for Travis to show up and Travis didn't. Um, like he just couldn't scheduling wise or, Number two, they were going for this. Hey, we're gonna show this track. 
with Travis Scott on it, and people are going to go, oh my god, Q's got this song with Travis Scott coming, and I can't wait. But then they didn't drop it for like three weeks after. Now, granted, a week of that was delayed because of Nipsey's passing. But uh, right. but but they still there was still like this week or two week limbo between between uh between that and Nipsey's passing where they didn't drop the song like it just to me it was a it was a real confusing rollout with this album. It was it was a it was honestly and very uncharacteristic of TDE very. for me to say to say that I I didn't like a single the the only thing I liked about this rollout was probably the one snippet of Num Num Juice. I think that what if the rollout was just no rollout at all, just that clip of Num Num Juice album drops Friday. Yeah, I mean, my I, perception I've... would be totally different. My perception of Chop Six is just an album cut would be cool at track three. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like just like and then um, and then Crash was the third record we got, which yeah. was like, that's that's a record that kind of gave me my direction for where he was headed on. It's a title track. Yeah. So, so it kind of, um, it kind of helped me understand where he was headed conceptually with this a little bit, but um, that's a little further down in the review on how he, how he might have fell short on that concept. But okay, well, well, yeah. let's let's jump into it then, because we, because we kind of talked about it. we, we've covered really where our initial expectations are. So let's kind of yeah. highlight some tracks, and I'll, I'll start it off because, uh, because this is one of the first tracks, and there's, and, and there's a reason why I want to start off with this one specifically. And that is Tales. So that's line, uh, that's track two on the album. Um, it's autobiographical cue. I love that style of cue. Most of the lines are simple, like, ain't a drop of blood in us but can't say we ain't cousins. The punchlines are simple, but again, it's Q's delivery, which is what makes it. And that's been a staple of Q his entire, uh, his entire history in the game. We, we, we know he's not the most lyrical. He's lyrical. But he, but it's it, he's got it just in, between his between his personality and the way he delivers things just comes off so it just comes off so well. And right. my big problem with this was this should have been the intro. Album sequencing is mm. something that I've grown like increasingly interested in, and this track right. to me stands out for that reason because the tempo, the drum patterns are very very similar to the closing track. Attention. And even the styles mm. of both tracks are are basically storytelling tracks, um, right? So it's like, so to me, it just it feels like this should have been the intro instead of instead of Gang Gang. I see what he was doing with Gang Gang the intro, which was kind of, which was kind of just starting like, off with energy. Yeah, starting off with energy and also just it's it, it was a familiar cue sound. Um, so right. I could see why he started with that, but tails to me, it just tails in a. Tales and uh and attention is just a it's just a much better connection than than gang gang to to attention. So that was something that I enjoy the track, but uh but man, every time I listen to it, when I'm listening to the album all the way through, I can't I can't help but shake that that thought. Yeah, and I mean you bring up a broader point about sequencing on this album that um I mean outside of blank face. Hugh hasn't necessarily focused on sequencing. This yeah. this is structured. This is structured more like how Oxymoron was structured, where yeah. you get where you get gangsta, 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 and then you get collard greens, and then you get back to you know like the like the the hardcore share. Then you get back to studio, you know like this was more structured as okay. These are fourteen individual records. Yeah, sequence sequencing was 
pretty much ignored on this album yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of how i felt uh there was very few uh there was very few uh transitions that i liked like speaking of the transition from tails which is two right next to three chopsticks and that bad transition yeah that transition is just it doesn't make any sense and chopsticks i i have a thing kyle i don't know if you're like this um you seem to be not like this and even though i broke this rule for q's album um, I try to, if I know an album is is coming soon, like if I have a release date, I won't listen to singles because I always want to hear the uh, the song as many songs as possible within the context of the album the first time. Uh, and, and obviously, I broke that rule for Q, but um, mm-hmm. Chopstick was to me, man. I, I still I still can't see where that where that fits in the album. It doesn't because it because it doesn't fit in the album. <laughs> that's why that's why I, I would think. And I hate this is another thing I hate. And and right now we're bashing this album, but I'm gonna. But at the end of it, I'm gonna give it a good rate and all that. You know what I'm saying? It's still yeah. Schoolboy Q making good records at the end of the day. So like so far, people are just thinking we're shit on this. But <laughs> um, I hate when people put the songs we've already heard at the beginning of the album. Yeah, we already yeah. heard chopsticks and num num juice, and you put them at three and four, like yeah. and and because I want to listen to it as a complete body of work, but I'm hyped to listen to new records. So like like when I first like 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 let's say I first pop in the CD, like hypothetically, I'm one of the twenty five thousand pure, <laughs> pure pure sales. I first pop in the CD, and I'm like I'm not even looking at the track list. I just want to listen to it straight all the way through. Now I gotta listen to seven the minutes of, of these two songs i've already heard off the rip yeah i don't want to do that man put that put that at the end of the track list straight yeah. up like like and i mean i'm, I'm shitting on the sequencing but that's that's a but and sequencing is just a slider right if you're looking at like like how to rank albums it's just it's just another slider it's not end all be all like the right. sequencing is trash the album's trash you know there's plenty yeah. of classic albums that completely lack sequencing they're all over the place and and q and and q i could see his defense of lack of sequencing i could see him calling it balance yeah right like it's it's him showcasing all these different styles all these different sounds the ability to go from melodic to turn from um from introspective to gangster to you know like that it could be interpreted as balance instead of poor sequencing but there is a way to do both which he i think he fell short of yeah yeah i i agree so i i'm glad that we talked about that particular section um i and i know you wanted to get into some some records too so what was it what was another record you wanted to get into off this album um i mean let me let's get a little complimentary here because i feel like we're we're shitting a little too hard <laughs> uh, i'm kind of i'm kind of with you um with tails right where that yeah. that's what that's what you want out of q and some people might not. Some people might want bangers out of Q. Some people might want floating, which is an absolute banger with Twenty One Savage. Like that's a standout record to me. That's that's just like gonna. That's just gonna stick around as uh, as a staple on this album. Is just like that sticks out as a slap. Yeah. But that's not what I go to Q for. I think I could go to other people for that. I don't think his ability to make a banger is that as unique as his ability to make an introspective um kind of vulnerable honest candid gangster song like like a um i think that 
what's what's some so what's some salt? Crash is one of those. Attention is one of those. Tails is one of those. Black folks is one of those. Even gang, parts of gang gang. He he keeps at least five or six of those introspective joints on each album. That mm-hmm. if you have if you have five or six of those cue songs on each album, he'll never make a bad album. Yeah, because because of his ability to stay consistent with that. So I mean, we can He at this point, I mean, this this is album three project five where he's given us at least five of those you know yeah. what i mean so we we kind of we kind of just expect that out of him and we got that so so i'm at the point where it's like okay i got what i wanted you out of you out of these five records let's judge the rest of these three or the rest uh, the rest of these what is it uh 14 tracks on the yeah. shit so, yeah so so let's just so let's judge like what is lies what is water mm-hmm you know, yeah. like, cause, because on Blank Face and on Oxymoron, the, the commercial or like the, the turn up reaches, they all nailed. You bought, you bodied those. So, so I, ex- I expect more out of you on records like Lies, which just kind of sound like a, um, a stock Ty Dolla Sign feature that it should have been a YG song. Like if what, there was nothing uniquely Schoolboy Q about it. Really? See, I, I, I want to push back on that one because I love Lies. Go for that, it. That's one of the ones, to me, the Ty Dollar Sign hook, you're right. This is a hook we've heard from Ty Dollar Sign a million times over, but it's perfect because I, I just think Ty Dollar Sign is super dope. Me too. Q, Q comes in super charismatic uh, with the record, which is nice because the last the last record before that one was Drunk, which was very, which was a very different style of Q, and I'll, and I'll talk about that one in, in a minute, but to stay on lies, I really liked, I really liked how uh, charismatic Q was, the energy he came with, YG did his thing, and he kind of finds a way to always have that catchy Drake-like one-liner. But um, lies, lies, man, it would have been a good Schoolboy Q feature. That's how yeah. I feel about it. Like I think it was, I think it would have been great on this upcoming YG album. You know what I mean? Like I, I want. Okay, I see that. That's fair. I want uniquely Q. This is a, like uh, who did this? It sounds like a mustard beat, but I know mustard doesn't have a, a production credit on this. Yeah. Um, Lies is. Um, That's Soundwave. Yes. Oh, well, oh, it is Soundwave. So that actually, that sounds like Soundwave doing his best DJ Mustard impression, really. <laughs> but um, it's 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 a YG Ty Dolla Sign song in essence, right? It's just yeah. it's just it just finds its way on a Schoolboy Q album. That's so, fair. So my my point in that is Schoolboy Q. It might be a good song. I don't like it on a Schoolboy Q album. It's kind of, it's kind of my whole point with that, and I don't I don't like the way it fits in the track list. But you were getting into Drunk, which is a record that I actually really like. So, okay, um, yeah. if you I'm, want to go, I'm glad. Go I'm glad because I figured what I figured you not liking lies meant that you didn't like drunk. So I see I see where no. you're going with lies though because I really I I, I agree with that. That's a, that's a very fair assessment. Just because um, it's a good song doesn't mean it's good for this album. Is my right, point. right, yeah. and I think that ties in with my overall thoughts on the album, which I'll save. But for drunk, this was easily my second favorite record uh, song off this record so wow it's a nighttime vibe the uh-huh. pi- the piano is tight the hi-hats and the 808s complement each other perfectly i love and, the keys the keys are butter on the oh, shit man. the keys are smooth as shit for sure so smooth 
The yeah. hook is hypnotic. Accused yeah. flow is so the sample. That sample on that hook is like catchy. Yeah, I, I'm with you. This that that's this song is gonna age really well. For really sure. well and yeah. q is so in sync with the kicks uh I, I enjoy that i enjoy that he did a little something different with black um you know you can hear right away that this is okay that you can kind of envision how black's gonna approach this and i like that he kind of switched it up by only just giving him a couple lines as kind of like a, as kind of like a bridge into into Q's next verse, which was which was really cool because yeah, it was kind of a bridge. I couldn't figure out if it was like it was an R and B verse. It was like a twelve yeah. bar, maybe like a maybe like a ten bar. Yeah, it was super. It was super quick. It was only like uh, what was it like five six lines, something like that. It was it was super. It was super quick. It was just in and out. But I I like that it kind of just it kind of gave enough of a switch up and and gave it back to Q. And this is one of the songs on here that, to me, really shows Q's writing ability because Q is normally, what we talked about earlier, is Q is this very charismatic rapper, right? Where this is one where he's not really charismatic on here. Like, it's more so it's more so just his, uh, just how he's rapping, his style, his pocket. It, it's more so just the, techni- the technicality of his writing on this record. Um, like I was saying, like, you know, when he... When he's when he's writing those bars about um, let's see hold on it's on a it's on the third verse so uh, I, I love that third right verse here. that third verse is so is yeah. so sick oh yeah where he's like hit it backwards and it matches the kick the the double kick and then it says this is a climax I done master the climax you feel the pressure so the pressure and backwards the way the way those sounds hit with the P and the B very mm. similar also not also line up perfectly with the kicks like it just really to me showcased q's absolutely talented writing yeah yeah and i mean that's that is something that we we expect out of him honestly like you knew you you just that's something you account for coming into the album right yeah like you just like you just know this is gonna happen but drunk that third verse in particular where he's kind of where he starts to get in depth about his relationship with a female like mm-hmm. at least on like a sexual end of things outside of studio which is still pretty broad have we heard q really get into it about his relationship with shorty maybe on setbacks and habits is there something i'm missing this is kind of just off top i didn't write this in um notes, i think he but... no yeah i think he i think he opened up about it didn't he have a record on he had a record on oxy right kind of addressing <sighs> kind of addressing joy's mom I felt I felt like if I'm not mistaken, he did. He did. He did. I yeah. can't think of the. I can't think of the record off. I should. I should have listened to. Um, I, but, shout but, out Oxy. I just got that on vinyl actually today. It came in. The wow. Room. Yeah. That's 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 Perfect definitely timing. a staple. But um, I think if he if it was on Oxy, which I which uh, now that you mentioned that, I'm sure it was. That's something that Q should consider moving forward when you're talking about like narratives oh, yeah. that he should start to address you know yeah. what i mean like how, like how he's going to think about growing i think he because because it's kind of a mystery what his you know because he doesn't put he doesn't put himself out there but he but does put his daughter out there and he yeah. does talk about like dogging out bitches and shit like that but you're 34 years old you have a 10 year old you you're on the to- you're you're on the road maybe uh once uh six months out of every two years yeah. What what is going on? And I know you're not just not fucking anything. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 give me some, like, that's a part of your life that you're not giving us. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I, I just think that that like that there's gotta be something that he's holding back in that department. And I think that he gave it, he gave us like a little, like it's like a little teaser of it on that third verse of drunk. But other than that, that's all we really get. Yeah. On this record. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe he's trying to keep that reserve. Maybe he is loyal to, um, jo- Joyce is his daughter's name. Uh, Joy. Uh, Joy. Yeah, Joyce, actually, I think. Yeah, yeah I to, think it to, is Joyce, yeah. Yeah, maybe he is loyal to Joyce's mom and he just doesn't want to publicize it or whatever. But I think that's probably a missed opportunity because I could see him getting really insightful, really introspective on, on relationships and shit like that. Yeah, relationship but, cue is something we haven't really heard. I want uh, that, though, you know? In yeah. his in his mid mid to late 30s, I want that out of him. Yeah, some, some, some grown man raps. Let's hear him. Um, Let's jump to a record that I really enjoy, um, Attention. So this, to me... It's my favorite song. Yeah, favorite song. So so I think, is is Drunk your second? So are we even in top two? I think that Drunk is my favorite beat, my favorite instrumental, my favorite sample. Um, I I don't know if I... My second is probably either Crash. My favorite type of song from Q is going to be Attention, Crash, Tales, Black Folk... You know, like those, yeah, those are my those are my types of records. Drunk, drunk was a surprise, right? Yeah, that was kind of like uh, that was like kind of a surprise. Drunk and um, what's the song with Cuddy? Dangerous. Yep, those were the two surprises where I was like, okay, you, you switched it up here. Like I didn't really see this coming. That was that was cool. Okay. But yeah, Attention's my favorite record. Attention, sure. man. Okay, so tell me, so I, so for those of you that have been listening to the podcast, you know this, but for those of you that don't. And I, I don't think I've actually even told you this, Kyle. So I have like a kind of like a, a, a very ritual, um, a, ver- a very consistent ritual for my first album listens, especially in the summer. Um, I have my, my best friend, Chris, is really into music. I swear I'm not talking in the third person. Um, <laughs> my best friend, Chris, is really into music just like I am. So every Thursday night we get together and we'll listen to all the album, all the notable albums that drop. And... We're both big time Q fans, and when we heard attention after that, after that when the al- when the album was over, we both looked at each other and we both said at the same time, "I think that's Q's best verse." Wow, like, this verse is immaculate. Like, like think of it. Like, tell me it isn't a top five verse. Like his, like, I, I mean, I mean, just think about like records like. When you think of top five Q verses, I think of like Black Thoughts verse two. I think of Eddie Kane. I think of the that part remix. I think of Bless first verse. Um, John like Moyer. I, yeah, John John Moyer is up there for sure too. Like those are those are there. But I think attention is. I mean that is just that is immaculate. That is just bars. Great storytelling. Very, very, uh, and, very and not at the, not at the expense of a great catchy melodic hook too. Yeah, which is still there. It's pretty much all the element, and I and I love that beat. Um, I have nothing bad to say about that song. It's definitely a standout for me. Excuse me, but um, yeah, yeah for sure. It's it, it just the way the way he tells the story about it about it starting about how he's at the grant. He sets the scene with himself at the Grammys with his daughter and sitting next to Jay. And then he and he's talking about all his success. You know, he had a couple of sessions with Dre. Nas told him he's the best. Alchemist, Alchemist. is his favorite producer. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah I love then, to hear that. 
and then he steps back and then he, yeah that's the stuff that us hip-hop heads really love and enjoy but then exactly. he takes a step back and he goes let me tell you about this story when quincy died and so like he, he goes in this story and it connects all the way back to you know to this moment to the grammys it kind of showcase just like this is how I got. This is how I got in the mind state that put me on the path it's to the where birth, I am. The birth of Schoolboy Q, him yeah. disappointing his mother, and like all that, all that introspective shit that we love to hear from him, man. Just that that talk, bro. Just that honesty, like, like just such raw honesty. I think Q Q is such a good rapper because, like you said, he's not the like the most lyrical by what like your tip golden era hip-hop polysyllabic rhyming da 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 rapidy rap motherfucker would say is lyrical but what Q what Q could do and he's nice at that too he's solid but what Q what Q could do is just let let you into his 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 mind bro and he's just so yeah. secure he's just so secure with himself and you do, everything just cuts through there's and I think I think he has a line it might be on water where he says um if you're realer than me you're fake or yeah, something, or something like that, and I think that that's a perfect way to put it. It's like you can only be just as real as this man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're you're getting 100 percent of Quincy on every record. You know, and that's and that's that's why we're fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just love you just love to hear this man's honesty. You just love you just like to hear from him. That's why we're glued to the interviews. We're glued to the honesty. We're glued to the IG stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You follow him. We know, we know his daughter's soccer team record and shit. You know what I mean? We know, we know how we know he shot at eighty five on the golf course. Like we, we just, you just like Q. Yeah, we know he got twenty. We get, we know he got, he got twenty stacks from George Lopez for beating him in golf. Like, that's that's a legendary. Yeah, man. So yeah, man. That, I mean, I think and that all just makes sense. Why Blank Face was his most well received, right? The fact that. The fact that like introspective Q really is the best style of Q, yes, like because he's so good at it, and you know, so I I really really enjoyed Tension. I thought it was an amazing closing to an album that was highly entertaining. Let's kind of um, let's kind of jump to our overall thoughts on on this. So, I mean, I'm. I'm feeling like my rating is a seven out of ten, and I feel pretty comfortable with that. I I just love what Q went for with this album. I think I think we could have gotten a better result. I think, like you said, between his interviews and this press run, I just it, he seems to his not give a fuck demeanor is almost to me, uh, kind of striking me as like a mailed it in. And that's what, does, and that's what you mentioned. He did, he did. He at least made made it seem like that. Which yeah. I mean, him mailing it in is still better than most people's one hundred percent effort. Let's yeah. make that clear. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. Yeah, like I. So so maybe that's what it was. Maybe just the interviews are kind of sticking with me. But I do really like enjoy this album. There's not a terrible song on here. I'll skip water personally, just because I just felt like that that like chopsticks just didn't really fit the the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, and I got this, I got this comparison and Kyle, I, I want to run this by you because it's something that I haven't been able to shake since my very first listen. Mm-hmm. And, and it can seem very lazy. So I'll give you the preference. So the preference is this feels like Q's version of damn. Mm. And can't be, what I, it can't be because there's no commercial hits. <laughs> I don't think there's very, a single commercial true. hit on this. Like Kendrick, at least nailed 
the commercial hits. Kendrick <laughs> he was, definitely nailed the commercial hit on that. <laughs> Kendrick Kendrick was five for five on commercial hits on Damn. Like yeah. the the objective of Damn was complete charts takeover. Yeah, and he nailed yeah. it, and that's why Damn is so good. Like like he wasn't like he gave like he gave us to pimp a, to pimp a butterfly, so that he had the leeway to make Damn. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? So I have to disagree with that just because if Q was going for which I don't think he was, I think he was trying to, like, I think he was going for balance, right? He was going, like, he was just trying to sprinkle a little bit of everything in there, which is why it seems out of sequence. Is why it seems like a best of the last three years project. Like, he maybe made, because he said he made three albums to make this one. That's what he said. Yeah. This yeah. this seems like he made three albums, didn't like any of them, and took the best songs from those three albums, which all had different sounds. Like he might have made a full commercial album, he might have made a full introspective album, but he just took the best songs from each and put them together. Hmm. That's kind of that's kind of what this seems like, as opposed to Damn, which outside of Duckworth and Fear, was just commercial, bang bang bang. Let's let's rock the charts and feel, yeah. Feel, yeah, yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but you know, you know, I see, I see, I, where, I, I see where you got that from. Okay, well, let let me kind of because to me, it, again, it's Q's version of Dan. So Q's not Kendrick as far as like even even commercial success. Like Q's a commercially successful artist. He he has been in the <sighs> Oxymoron, past. Oxymoron, man. Yeah, Oxymoron like Oxymoron was, was crazy successful. successful. Yeah, yeah. So, but what I mean by that is, I feel like. He wanted to to be versatile and unpredictable. Like think of how you, when you listen to when you listen to Damn. Like I I felt the same way listening to Damn the first time I felt listening to this and and in this aspect. Meaning like Q was going over different sounds. He was changing his flow each song several times. After each track, you didn't know what was coming next. Like with Drunk, then Lies, and then you had that. Uh, and then a little bit later in the album, you had that Kid Cudi record. That sounds almost like nothing Q's done, like you. Right. So I, I, that's what I mean by damn. Like because when you when you first listened to Damn for the first time, I was like after DNA and yeah, I was like I don't know what to expect anymore. Very true. Yeah, especially after yeah, like yeah. You're just so, like, where is this going? Right. So I think that. I mean, first of all, I didn't even. I should have said this at the beginning of the pod, but. My first listen was from a rooftop in Amsterdam smoking legal indica. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> at, at, at like nine o'clock in the morning, I was on vacation with the homies. So I was living it up at the time it dropped. But I try not to have that's that's like studio ears. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're caught in the moment. Everything. When I heard floating for the first time on a rooftop in Amsterdam smoking legal indica, drinking a, drinking a Heineken at ten o'clock in the morning. I'm lit. I'm like, this is a fucking classic, you know what I'm saying? But I try not to be a prisoner of the moment. Right. I, hop on, I hop on the plane on the way home. I have some time to sit with it. I'm like, all right, I was bugging a little bit. Like, make no yeah. make no mistake, I was hype when this first dropped. The homies were hype and everyone. I got that water. Like, even water sounded better when I was in Amsterdam. Now I get home, I'm like, this hook is terrible. But, <laughs> yeah. but, like, it's like, that's why, that's why I'm a fan first. Like, I don't put on my, I don't put on my critic ears until maybe, like, the third or fourth listen. Yeah, 
which you know is how like, which yeah. is how I was like like I I feel like I'm glad you said that because I felt the same way I felt like I felt like after a couple listens after my first listen my thoughts kind of diminished on this out like yeah. to me it wasn't it wasn't an album that was that was terrible because like I said pretty much every song on there is good yeah um, that's the funny like, part about us seeming like we're shitting on it is that I don't there's not really a bad song on it like, yeah there's not there's not a bad song it's just like I feel like we've heard we know Q can do better yeah for like, sure that that's just that's just what it is like, it was a rough album coming line. off blank face which aged so well blank face got better with every listen this album's getting worse with every listen honestly so and and you and, and it's just it's just it seems like and and like with the interview press run that i don't give a fuck mentality like that might really be his mentality i mean that seems very realistic because it's schoolboy q and we like, love that honesty right yeah we do, we do like we say we love the honesty so you got to take that because that's what yeah. that's what we want he's he's so serious but he also said this was the first album he made while he was happy yeah. So where do we draw that line as fans? Like that we really, if we, if we, do we really fuck with Q? If we want him to be going through it just to make a good record, you know what I'm no, saying? If, yeah, if I'm was, never on that side of. If he was fans. awfully, if he was awfully depressed, and that's what he had to go through to make Blank Face, never make it again. Yeah. I'm cool. Like if you have to make a a seven out of ten instead of a nine out of ten and be happy. I'll, I'll listen to the seven out of tens every time you drop it, bro. I'm on your schedule. Like, you don't owe me anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if, if Schoolboy Q said this is the only time he was happy recording an album, that makes me happy. It still sounds great. I'm still going to listen to it. I have blank face. It's not going anywhere. So, yeah. I mean, I'm happy that Q's happy. Like, like that. And that's, that's what being a fan is all about. That's what people miss on the timeline and shit like that. You know, people want, people want these rappers and these artists to go through it so that they could get their favorite records. I'm not on that type of time, bro. I want, I want Q's, I want Q to live it up. Yeah, you know 100%. I mean? And, yeah. you know, and I think, I think another thing too is I think what I appreciate about this album, why it's still so good is I know that down the line when Q's career is done, I know that this is so different from his other catalog that I'll that that it's just it fits in the way I look at these artists is I look at their full timeline even while they're even while they're currently active, right? Like I look at mm-hmm. I look at the the moments of this album versus the moments of Oxymoron and like I appreciate the fact that I will get different styles, different sounds, different emotions, different you know different uh just kind of levels to the music you know and so i think this is an album that will uh that will kind of in the in the moment it may seem like it's it's a misfire but i i really think when we look back it will be like oh this was maybe this wasn't his best album but this was this was a good album because it gave us something that he was just that was just different from everything else he was doing like it, when you make the final definitive Schoolboy Q playlist, you're gonna have records from here. You'll you're gonna have, have records from, from Oxy. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna have records from Blank Face, from Setbacks, from Habits, from all, from everything. Like, yeah, that's kind of who he. That's kind of who he is, and with his music. And so, I, so I, I look, I, I enjoy this album. Uh, the Kendrick comparison was. It may seem lazy because it's TDE and Kendrick's my favorite artist, but I promise you it's not like... I see fact, where you're coming from. I see where you're coming if, from. Right? In fact, you could probably even argue that it's realistic because Kendrick has six writing credits on this album. 
Andy has tons of ad libs and background vocals. Yeah, well, I think that um, uh, Schoolboy said that he doesn't he doesn't release the album until it runs through Kendrick, and he does all yeah. his weirdo shit on it over, and, and you know, he kind of yeah, he has writing credits in the sense of um, yeah, like hooks and like references and stuff. Yeah, not I don't even think it's hooks. I think it's I think it's just like um, drop the beat here, you know, ad lib yeah, here, yeah. fix fix this line here like a writing credit as like a um as an executive producer that just kind of stepped in for a second like that's kind of like just like a final say type of yeah type people, of people gotta understand that writing credits can mean it can mean you wrote the whole verse it can mean use this word like it can mean right. it can mean drop the beat here it can mean that can that can be a factor like that that can yeah. be defined as a writing credit and it's all written down as writing credits it's not differentiated into into oh like he did this this and that on this record like it's not specified so right. you know so i i definitely don't think like kendrick is out here like you know like being like oh let me just write like this verse for you and like you know yeah. no i think it's i think it's you know here do this do that like you said and like q said in the interviews but you know i i just i don't know i couldn't shake that i couldn't shake that reference in there uh to damn yeah but um you asked me my overall rating of it out of 10 yeah every time I, every time i rate a project out of 10 right and what i like to do is i like to do it out of whatever the track list is like okay. if i right, like, you like, know a, I mean? like a batting average right but okay. i'm not i'm not gonna do that with this one but i do that is kind of my system for doing it but for this one i have to think what did i rate because it's below oxymoron and blank face right Right, as an album, if you yeah. take individual records off this, they could stand up against individual records from both both those albums. It's just not as complete. It doesn't satisfy the album. Listen all. This isn't a listen all the way through album. Yeah, this is a sprinkle record here, record there. Might throw a record on a playlist. Like at the end of his career, if I were to make a catalog greatest hits, you'd still find records from this project on there. But it's not going to make its uh, its way to the top of his his top three albums or whatever he ends up making. Yeah. So, Blank Face is obviously my favorite, and that's got to be one of my favorite projects of the decade. You know what I mean? Like that's how strong I feel about the, about Blank Face. So I have to give that above a nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's say let's give Blank Face like a nine point one. Um, okay. Let's give Oxymoron could it can't be too far below it because that's a, a very valid argument like if you want to take oxymoron i totally understand that um because i mean we say it, it was commercially successful and it had the five six singles on i think it has six singles on oxymoron yeah. um, on billboard all on billboard all on billboard yeah all all valid real organic hits that really worked like if you're really outside partying like my that was my freshman year of college. Oh, yeah. that was my freshman year of college was oxymoron so i, I was i was up um, yeah. so i have to give that like an 8.5 you know what I mean? if i if yeah. i have blank face is a 9.1 like a little above a nine then then i have to be right there with you at, at, with a seven on this thing yeah you know what i mean because i can't i can't i can't put it close to, i can't put it that close within like a full point yeah to me that. it's a tier it's it's definitely a, a, a tier below but it's yeah but it's like i said i think it's one that we're gonna even even if we're a Q fan, like I don't know, would you still because of 
well, well, we'll wrap with this because I, truth be told, I want to hear your answer before I give mine because I'm kind of in the wind with this as well. So you brought up the good point about this being a cementing moment in his legacy at the beginning at the beginning of a podcast. It could have been. Would you, it could have been. Would, yeah. Would you define this as a uh, as then a disappointment? I'd have to hear what he does next, right? Because because okay. like I think it's disappointing that he's kind of headed in this almost mail it in type of direction where like he kind of wants to stay at this level like he doesn't seem too ambitious right now like he's comfortable this album sounds very comfortable it sounds very safe right like he knew he knew what would yeah. he knew what would work he knows what he's good at he didn't get too experimental outside of maybe dangerous and drunk i'd say are like the two experimental tracks i think that he's risking disappointment I'm not going to say disappointment yet because this shit still goes. You know what I'm saying? I think he's flirting with disappointment. I think he should not take three years again. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's okay to take three years when you drop a blank face. I don't yeah. think it's okay. I think um, a good example of this is Anderson Pack disappointing us with Oxnard. I still fight that, by the way. <sighs> It's not Malibu. Okay. I know this is a side note. It's not Malibu, yeah. so I'm not even gonna say it's Malibu. Let's go with but... the con- let's go with the consensus, right? Yeah. The, the, consen- the consensus. The is consensus. But that's that's the. It's it's a bust in the sense of that's not really you. That's not what we wanted out of you. And I think yeah. that we could kind of say the same about Crash Talk. And I think that Anderson did the right thing in coming right back. And you could say the same thing about Eminem and Kamikaze and Revival, even though they're both kind of okay, trash. Yeah. But yeah, but like that that approach, I would honestly, I like quality control when it's certified quality. But if it's mm-hmm. not certified quality, I think you should get your ass back in the studio for real. Like I like I wouldn't be mad. Cube maybe even got gave us like an EP, dropped something off, maybe did like a, a producer collab or something like that. I would I think that the next steps for Q. Is to is to try something new, get experimental, get with some new producers, talk about new shit. Like I said, with like get get some love talk in there. Maybe, I mean, I don't want to force this on him because I know he's talking about how he's happy and all this shit. But maybe like a Mac or Nipsey tribute type of like 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 try and uh, try like if I really want you to be the best artist you could be, which I know that's not his priority. He's trying to be the happiest person he could be, which is how, how he should be living life. But if I'm, if I'm being an artist coach, dig, I think he should just try and dig a little deeper mm-hmm. and, and come right back. So like if I'm talking about steps moving forward, if he wants to get back to that blank face level, if he wants to get back to that oxymoron level, he needs to. I think he needs to uh, go deep like he did on those records. And right now, I just don't think his mental effort is there. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you, man. I think that would be the best way to to uh, for Q is to is to come back and come back fast with something new, something uh, something refreshing. But I I just I mean it's not possible knowing TDE like that's just not how TDE rolls. It yeah it, it, it pretty much because we know um, Absol is due like a motherfucker. We know Isaiah Rashad Isaiah is due Rashad, like a ben motherfucker. Do. We know, like a library book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know Reason has shit in tuck. We know obviously Kendrick has shit coming. So when I say come back, I mean within three hundred sixty-five days. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's fair. Which that's, which that's fair. Which is a long time now in hip hop, but it that's short for TDE, right? And that's short oh, sure. and that's short for Q. But I'm not yeah. mad at him taking three years off of Blank Face as long as he came back with another eight five. I, I agree. I think I think you, you hit the nail on the head to go back to the original question. I think the time is what made this right. Like maybe mm-hmm. even if he did this a year after Blank Face. Oh, if he like, did this okay, a year after Blank Face, we'd have we'd probably next? having a different combo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'd be like, okay, this is cool. What next? You yeah, know? and so okay, well, I'm glad I'm glad we had this conversation, Kyle. I'm glad you're on this podcast for the first time, my friend. Um, I'm a fan of you. I I love having conversations with you, man. I'm gonna have you back on the podcast soon. I know you got. We talked about something uh, before we got on before we got on the microphone and started recording. Uh, do you want to announce what you got in the works, or do you want to kind of keep that for another time? Uh, I mean, just follow me on Twitter at Nordstradamus. Um, I'm Chris will mention me. Uh, just follow yeah. me on there. When I have announcements to make, they'll be made. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll, they'll okay. be made on there. So, so if you just follow me on Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is where all my takes are at, all my jokes are at. You know, RIP the homies, all that shit. That's. That's all I got. I don't, I don't have anything to plug right now. I wish I had something to plug. I should be selling a t- t-shirt or something. I don't know. I got I got to get something to move. But other than yeah. that, nah, man, I'll, just follow me on Twitter, bro. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. Uh, always always has some always has some great tweets. As somebody who loves hip hop and who follows hip hop religiously, I could I could truthfully say there's been times where you've broken things to me that I didn't catch yet. So right. you are definitely if you're a fan of hip hop or even sports. You're definitely a, a very valuable follow, my friend. Thank you, Kyle, for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you, man, and I'll and I'll have you back soon. No doubt. And the Rockets are up seven at halftime, just to um, update you. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Everything went according to plan. Then, all yeah. right, my friend. Let's watch. Let's watch the second half, bro. Yeah. Take all care. Right. All right. Be easy.